Hello and welcome. My name is Victor, Victor Perez. Uh, of course, I thank you very much for joining me, talking about this round five action. Uh, going on, actually, excuse me, not round five, this is actually round seven. This is episode five, though. But again, this is round seven of what was happening down in South America in the Superliga Americana Rugby. Uh, again, everyone, thank you very much for joining me. It's been a pleasure, uh, as always, and I hope you've been enjoying these episodes of me bringing you all the action of what's going on down currently in Montevideo. Uh, and with that said, let's get, let's get right into it. So the very first match that we had of round seven, not five, this is episode five though, uh, was uh, Peñarol, the team from Uruguay, uh, playing at home against uh, Cobras Brazil 15, or, uh, or, or, or whatever you say, 15 in Portuguese, I don't know, the team obviously of Brazil. Now this was a very interesting match, ending at a 40-12 uh, score uh, to Peñarol, of course, winning uh, at home. Now, uh, Peñarol is currently six uh, one uh, in the in season record. Of course, firm uh, and firmly gripped on second place for the Slar uh, standings, which is great. Um, Peñarol scored first, uh, by the way, uh, with a try from their hooker Guillermo Pujadas, uh, a role uh, specifically through a. a an attacking mall, uh, well, attacking line, uh, attacking line out actually, as you say, that led to a mall and, and rolling mall, and then to the try itself. And then we got scored by Martin Roger, which has been so far uh, the you know, the leading uh, scorer in in the league, getting directly to a seven zero lead. Then we had a really nice try by Juan Manuel Alonso, uh, getting of course to the second try. That was three minutes after the first try. And then, and of course, this is for talking about a dream star, really, for the Uruguayan uh, Slar franchise. Uh, Cobras finally woke up and scored their first try through number eight, and not Aruda, the guy that's been scoring every time he's played, but instead Mateus Claudio, and unfortunately a misconversion by Moises Duque that's shifted from center to fly half. And for those of you that know your Brazilian rugby, you may know that Duque has been a really good player for, for the two-piece, the name of the national team. Then after that, we had a, a nice um, work try uh, by um, the captain uh, at, uh, at the time, Nicolas Freitas, um, captain for a day, I should say, uh, who was playing, uh, he was playing either wing or center, or outside center in this case, and and it didn't really bother him either way and scored a really nice try. Then from there on, we went directly to the second half. Um, a, a couple of errors that happened here and there for both teams. The first try of the second half came from Facundo Gatas, another hooker uh, from uh, Peñarol. And then it responded right back with a try uh, from um, uh, from a guy last name, uh, Rocha from Cobras. Let me see. Matus Rocha, specifically the name of the of the member. I'm sorry, of the of the player to say. Um, of course, Peñarol uh, kept uh, pressuring. Of course, uh, then after that, there was a try, the two times by by Gatas actually, and a penalty try at the end, uh, ending of course the the match again, forty to twelve. Now, the, there were more things in stake in this match than points because keep in mind these were teams that were sizing the, they were sizing them out. Uh, because of what's coming up now uh, around uh, June, July's uh, time, specifically uh, the, the the 2023 Rugby World Cup qualifiers, uh, which is one of the main reasons as to why they're playing so many Uruguayans, so, so many Brazilians, because this te- these guys are going to see themselves playing for the national team by them. So obviously uh, they want to know 
uh, again how how good they are uh, currently uh, between each other. And of course, Peñarol, in, in all honesty, uh, has been the, the better team every time they have played. It's the twice, the two times they have played, has been the better team. Uh, unfortunately, Cobras uh, has not really given the the again that that game that that I, at least I was expecting from them. Unfortunately, the only match they have won really was has been against Cafeteros, which of course was it we expected. Uh, Cafeteros Pro, of course, uh, a team that is new to uh, professional rugby, just like Cobras. But Cobras, of course, doesn't have the same, uh, or the Brazilian team really doesn't have that the same uh, again the same experience that a Colombian team has, of course, currently. So. Uh, that, that's that. But again, either way, it was a really nice match. Okay, moving on with the second. After that, we got the the, the match of this of this week, which was Olympia Lions against Tecnum. And in this one, we had a score of twenty four to twenty one, Olympia winning, which was a really a major upset, which definitely Slar needed it because, in all honesty, this league has been way too predictable. Because of the fact of the way that they, they, it has been structured, uh, you got a majority players from the from their team from the the country, plus a couple of Argentinians scattered here and there. Very different from season one when you had players coming from all over the world into the team. So if you, if this would have been the same, uh, a lot of um, I'm sure a lot of scores would have not been as bad as the ones that we have gotten. Uh, so far, and now coming up in round seven, so that's really the reasoning as to why. But uh, but definitely credit to to Lions that definitely came to play and it was really good. Now the interesting thing about this particular match is that by even though Lions uh, beat um, a, a segment by three points, they pretty much won via penalty kicks. All of them scored by Maximiliano Ledesma. So we got a, a, a kicks in minute 3, 14, 19, 25, 53, 56, 70, 66, and 79. And obviously that 79 one is the one that really marked the end again of the match. So really all the tries came directly uh, from the from the opposition, from Segnam. Segnam score. let me see, this there were three tries by Baronio, uh, Domingo Saavedra, and Martinez. And of course, all of them uh, were converted, uh, leading, of course, to the 21 points. Uh, so Ledesma's boots, obviously, was the only point scorers, of course, of the first of, of pretty much of the first half, because the match actually got to twelve to zero, twelve to zero, at halftime, and then from there on, of course, is when uh, Segnam woke up, uh, scoring a minute forty-four, forty-eight, and then seventy-five. But this was all uh, Olympia, which is uh, which, which which was quite something. Now, what's interesting about this match specifically is the fact that this was the first match when Olympia played with pretty much all their Uruguayan players. So j- just to put it like like this specifically, and actually I'm going to look for the listing of, um, of players. So this was the first time, for example, when the... Um, actually, no, I take that back, because uh, in Chauspan and Maximo Ledesma are both Argentinian. But this was the first time when pretty much the rest of the back row, at least the centers, the 12 and the 13, were Paraguayan only, which is not too bad. So we are talking about that about... Let me see how many in total. I thought I cannot find it here. Uh, well, most of the players were either 
Uh, let me see if I more. Yeah, exactly. Were either Paraguayan born or Paraguayan el- eligible. Of course, you got, for example, the, the Gomez Vara brothers, Jerónimo and Matias. And then another five in, in replacements were, again, Paraguayan or Paraguayan eligible. So this was actually, this win was actually even better because of that fact that. Again, uh, Olympia won mostly with their national players and, of course, Argentinians there, too. So that made it even sweeter. But again, it would have been nicer for them to score a try as opposed to just winning via penalties. But a win is a win. So kudos, of course, to to Olympia. Now, in regards to Segnam, of course, this was a crucial loss because this this put them definitely under Peñarol, which now has cemented their place in second place, unless something happens, obviously, and, and, and Peñarol ends up losing. But it's looking like Peñarol definitely has cemented the spot, definitely, on on the second place, and, of course, will be a more second against Olympia type of deal when it comes to the third place. Then, lastly, we had a Cafeteros Pro, again, against Hawales 15. Keep in mind, this is a Cafeteros Pro that lost 71-28, to 28, the first time the they played against Hawares on the um, this was the second this is the second round of the of the league, but in this one we actually had a record eighty to seven. Yes, that was eighty points to seven uh, from Hawares fifteen to Cafeteros Pro, which was really this was really the the scoring that I was expecting from that uh, the second round match, but again they ended up scoring twenty eight, but. Again, Cafeteros, uh, or excuse me, Hawares actually came in not... I'm assuming what happened was that uh, Hawares came in. They were probably thinking, oh, this is a, the, the Colombian team. We're definitely going to beat them nice and easy. And due to the fact that they they underestimated them, and they noticed, of course, what happened. The second game came up and said, hey, we're not going to underestimate them. We're going to give them hell. And that's how we ended up with that 82-7 scoring. So just to go over, <laughs> just go over Cafetero. So Cafetero was able to score one try by Ocampo. I'm going to see if I can find his first name. Uh, Enzo, Enzo Ocampo, I believe, um, Argentinian. And that was a mini 68. And, of course, a conversion by Nicolas Roger. And just to confirm, this was Nicolas Roger. Right. Yeah, Nicolas Royer, the brother of Martin. And then, of course, we got the other tries, which are two by Castagnoli, four by Cancelliere, one by Oviedo, one from Molina, two, uh, one from Ruiz, one from Iriarte, one from Elias, and finally one from Albornoz. So we're talking, I just going to count them. So we got six. <laughs> oh my goodness, this is funny. So we got six right here, then seven. 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12. 12 tries. My goodness. And then we got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 conversions. Try there, actually. So, so I take that back. So it's actually more. Yeah, exactly. So 10 conversions and 12 tries. Uh, yeah, yeah. Poor, poor Cafeteros. But uh, another thing, too, by the way, this was actually the first time when Cafeteros came in pretty much with a full set of Colombians, very similar to what happened with Olympia, although, of course, Olympia won, as we previously established. So, uh, looking over here, this was, for example, the first time when the the halfback pairing was all Colombian. We're talking about Oscar Forero and Johan Ortiz. And, of course, you got Nicolas Roger, who's Argentinian, again, directly in the, um, in the bench. And this was also the first time when they had all three first row in Colombian, Juan David Herrera, Jorge Alvarez, and finally Brian Perez, who has been playing 
out of his skin, really. Uh, so we are, and just to clarify, let me see if I can find the actual number of Colombians that were on the team, or at least the starters specifically. Oh, because also all the backs were Colombian too. So we're talking about that. Of the 15 that started, I think only one. Yeah, I think like Sebastián Zapata, I think, was the only one. Let me double check. Yeah, I think of the 15, 14 were Colombian, and only one was Argentinian. And then, of course, you got the guys that were in the bench. So, again, the scoring, scoring again, was to be expected, obviously. Again, Hawaii is playing with cafeteros, of course. But this is, I'm assuming, this is, of course, good experience for the players that they will take, of course, to the national team. And obviously, and hopefully, of course, get their game up, actually. Oh, by the way, I take that back. Actually, the only non-Colombian that started in the team was actually Felipe Puerta. So I take that back. So I could have sworn that Sebastián Zapata, at least with that name, was going to be Argentinian. Sebastián is a very popular Argentinian name. But yeah, but Felipe Puerta, the number eight, was actually the, the only non-Colombian to start. Uh, I'm, I mean, other other than that, it was, again, of course, all Hawaiians all the time, of course, again, 80 points, so they were heavy favorites. And, um, well, yeah, I mean, again, not much I can say. I mean, again, kudos to Cafeteros, obviously, because they get, they were quite ballsy bringing in that team with not as much experience as the one that, again, ended up scoring 28 points. But again, you sort of have to, you, of course, you get, need to get things bad before you actually uh, can get them right, so I can completely understand, in, in, on, at least on that part. And again, that was a that was pretty much a throwaway game anyway, uh, because of course they're, they're cemented down in the bottom unless they end up beating Cobra. As, and even so, I don't think they're going to get out of that. So I can completely understand. And of course, Hawares even uh, and now that I got to round seven actually, and counting that round, we got one, two, three, four, four rounds. Before the semifinals, they have already submitted their spot uh, in the in the semifinals because they have uh, accrued a total of let me see we got thirty five points because they have been seven for seven and are, are scoring everyone. We're talking about that they scored plus three hundred thirty six points a, a, again against against the opposition. So again, they already submitted their, their spot and all these matches are really just for for the semifinals. Okay, everyone, so with that said, and talking specifically about round eight, we got Olympia against Cobras, Peñarol against Cafeteros, and finally, Hawares with Segnam. So speaking of the next round, which, is, by the way, is going to be played uh, now on the on the 21st, which is going to be this upcoming uh, Wednesday. In fact, um, just briefly going over each, uh, each uh, match. So Olympia should beat Cobras easily, especially after the match they have with Segnam, which is, of course, a, a way better team in comparison. Of course, I can never you can never discard Cobras coming out of nowhere, but I'm pretty sure Olympia will win that easily. Then in regards to Peñarol Cafeteros, of course, if Hawares did that to them, I mean, Peñarol is, is going to be a little easier, but I don't think Cafeteros is going to win. Of course, that match may have a little bit more Argentinian flavor as opposed to only Colombians, but we'll see. And then finally, of course, Hawares Seglam, as I said. Now, in this one, really, of course, Hawares is definitely going to win this, but the question is by how much? Because if we remember what happened the last time they played, uh, this was an 65-8 to eight, uh, score to Hawares. So it will be great for Segnam to lose, because they're more than likely going to lose, but not by 69 points. 
So hopefully it's going to be a little better. And actually, just going over the other matches that those other two teams had previously, because I should have done that. So when Cobras played with Olympia last, it was a 44-8 to scoring. So hopefully Cobras will score a little more this time. And then when Cafeteros played... Um, Peñarol the first time. Let me see because now uh, that was um, fifty-four to three. So hopefully, Cafeteros will be able to actually score a couple of tries against Peñarol. So we'll see what happens with that. But again, really good matches coming up this week, and I do hope there's another upset at least in the Olympia Cobras because I really want Cobras to win at least one match oh, besides Cafeteros. So I really, I'm really wanting that from them. Okay, everyone. So with that said, I think the other other thing to again to talk about briefly will be any news that that have been going on through the league, and actually just to see if there's anything. So for example, Hawares actually added two. Um, medical jokers. So for those of you that are not familiar with the term medical jokers, which I'm really surprised that you listen to the, uh, this podcast and you don't know what a medical joker is, but you never know. A medical joker or joker medical, because it comes from the French, is a player that comes in and covers for an injured player. So Hawares added two players, a guy called Tomas Malanos and another called Pedro Rubiolo. And this is specifically to replace Beltran Salese and Santiago Ortiz, because both of them, of course, are going back to, to Argentina due to injury in, in the game that happened with Cobras last week Sunday. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, I guess, yeah, I guess last week Sunday, we could say two weeks from now, since this is uh, we're recording on the week of um, April the, the 19th. So this is actually not really one-to-one. Because, for example, eh, Milanos is a center and wing, and Rubiolo is a flanker. While eh, Beltran, but uh, let me see. Um, so, so, uh, so, so is a hooker, and then Santiago Ruiz, if I can find his position. I thought I was going to find it. But, but in any case, it's possible that. Um, uh, he might be a, th- a second road, and that's, of course, why uh, uh, this guy, um, Rubiolo, is coming in. Uh, uh, excuse me, third, uh, excuse me, on flanker. He's a flanker, and that's why he's coming. Uh, Rubiolo's coming in to replace him. But Milano's definitely has never played hooker, unless Rubiolo can play that position. Would Who knows? But in any case, that's um, one thing happening. Uh, another thing to, to mention as well. It's a fact uh, as well, which I don't know how I forgot to mention this, but Peñarol has been playing this whole co- competition with no Uruguayan fly halves, which is really interesting. At least players that are specialized in that position, because really the only guy that we could talk about right now, and he's been really good for them, is Nicolas Royer, but of course he's Argentinian and not eligible to play for Uruguay, that we know of. Uh, so you got, of course, Felipe Echeverry. Uh, who I believe is, um, oh yeah, he is actually is Uruguayan, and he last played fly half in 2020. I believe it was 2020, if I'm not mistaken, briefly before the whole pandemic thing happened. And of course, we had another guy, which was Juan Manuel Cat, but he unfortunately decided to put his rugby career on hold due to schooling. Which was probably a good a good thing to do because of the whole thing with the pandemic, but hopefully everything was well with him. But yeah, but really, there's no again Uruguayan players that specialize in that particular position. So hmm. hopefully that doesn't bite them in the butt. If if that is if Nicolas Roger keeps himself 
again healthy throughout the, the whole of the league. So we'll see what happens with that. And then lastly, the only last thing to mention, of course, is um, Santiago Chocobares, the famous Argentinian center that's with Hawaii Street team. He actually just signed with Toulouse up top for team, which definitely doesn't really surprise me. If you're keeping up with his um, progress, uh, his first match for the national team was actually uh, in the in the Tri Nations. The, the rugby championship without South, South Africa, uh, where um, Argentina beat uh, the New, New Zealand. And that was his very first match for the national team. So um, what a match, because that was the first time Argentina had ever been, had ever beat a New Zealand 15 in a match. So again, it, it, was, it wasn't really surprising, really, for uh, for someone to sign him already. And I wish him, of course, all the best once the, the league is over. Okay, guys, so with that said, we have come to an end of episode five of the Slar Report. Thank you very much for joining me. Once again, this is Victor. And I will see you, uh, you will, well, you will hear me, I should say, again next time on episode six, talking, of course, of what happened, what's happening on round eight, which is going to be playing again this upcoming Wednesday. Keep in mind that you, if you get lucky, will be able to find the matches on YouTube, illegally uploaded, of course. But if you don't mind the um, the Argentinian Spanish um, commentary, hey, you could definitely watch the matches there if you want. Thanks again, everyone. Have a great day.